Hello, everyone. It's good to see you. Good to see you. To everyone in this room, I want to say good morning. And those watching online or wherever you're worshiping with us, uh, if we've never met before, I think I've met a lot of you. Uh, my name is Adam, and I'm uh, the college and young adults pastor at our church. And I get the honor today of continuing in this series that we've been calling Get in the Game. It's an interesting uh, thing to use a sports metaphor like this in Silicon Valley because uh, it's a great sports town, and some of you are big sports people. Uh, Trey Lance is getting in the game, taking the Niners to the championship. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors, they're always in the game. They're always winning, right? The Giants, eh, they're sort of in the game, (laughs) sort of out of the game. Uh, The Oakland A's have not been in the game in years. Sorry, A's fans. But Silicon Valley is funny because there are plenty of people who are like, oh, yes, sports ball. I have heard of this before. (laughs) Uh, Some of you would be more comfortable with a metaphor involving coding languages or investment funding. Uh, Maybe we could call it get into the seed round or, or something like that. Uh, Silicon Valley is a diverse place, uh, of course, but regardless of your comfortability with sports metaphors, this series is is pretty simple. Uh, The great danger of church is it it can become a consumeristic endeavor. We come and we sit and we watch and then we leave. And our challenge simply uh, to you is to refuse this narrative. Uh, The church is not a performance put on by paid pastors. Uh, The church is you. The church is us. And if our church is going to reach our mission and flourish, it will be up to all of us and our willingness to contribute. Uh, So uh, let's get going today. And uh, we're going to continue with this sports theme. Now, believe it or not, Uh, I played basketball in high school, and I wasn't horrible. Uh, Now, mind you, this was many years ago. This was many Menlo Church donuts ago as well. Uh, (laughs) You can just look at that form. Uh, You know, I could have gone to the NBA, but I laid down those dreams to be a a humble pastor. Uh, But I, I, I learned how to shoot a little bit. I was short. I wasn't very fast. But I learned how to shoot. And uh, at the end of my junior season, I'd had a really good season, but we had one game left. And if we won, we made it to the state tournament. And I didn't have a good game. And at the end of the game, the coach put me on the bench in favor of Brandon. That's right. I couldn't believe it. Uh, He wasn't even a starter like me. That, uh, That should be me. Uh, But with seconds left, we were down by one. And for some reason, Brandon had the ball and he took one last shot and miraculously he made it. And our team exploded. We were going to state and they all ran to Brandon and they lifted him up on their shoulders. And I should have been thrilled. But the truth is I wasn't. Uh, That should have been me. Instead of helping lift Brandon up and celebrating the team, I was focused on myself. I sulked. Uh, I talked about being benched, not getting the glory. I was concerned for my own ego. And here's the thing. When we talk about getting in the game, all of us face a massive obstacle. 
Because the game we're talking about is a team game. Uh, This is a bigger, broader mission for the church. But the problem is we live in a world that caters to the individual. From a young age, we are taught to pursue our own dreams, goals, and agendas. Life becomes an endeavor to lift up our own ego, our own purposes. And the world celebrates individual accomplishers, people who have built their own wealth, their own startup, their own status. It's a major obstacle for all of us because this is not the mission Jesus talked about. Instead of lifting ourselves up, Jesus talked about laying ourselves down for something bigger and greater. So today we want to talk about this invitation that Jesus gives us. We have a chance to be a part of something that lasts for eternity. We have a chance to change lives and bring justice and create hope. To be a part of a lasting legacy that will continue even after we pass away. It requires laying down our self-centered agendas and egos and perspectives. So let's jump into our scripture for today. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to a church uh, not unlike our church, a church made of people uh, like you and I. And he uses what would become a legendary metaphor for the church and how it should look and act. And so as I read this passage, I don't want your mind to drift or wander off. And so I want you to mentally count how many times he says the word body in this passage, okay? So here we go. This is 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, uh, but of many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. Now, what number did you get as you counted? Yeah, that's what I got too. 14. They say that repetition is the mother of all learning. Uh, But I think this is a little bit of an overkill. (laughs) I think Paul could could have used an editor on this one. Uh, But obviously, he's trying to get something very clear across to this church. What is the primary metaphor for the church here? A body. Body. It's a brilliant metaphor because a body is something that each of us understands. Unless maybe you're a junior high student listening and you're thinking, I don't know what the heck is going on with my body right now. Um, Buckle up, partner. It's a wild ride. (laughs) A body is something that we all have and can relate to. 
but how often do we actually think about our bodies and how amazing they truly are? I mean, think about how incredible it is that we start as nothing, but then some atoms and cells begin to form parts. And slowly these parts start to communicate to each other. And before you know it, these bodies are writing poetry, they're running marathons. We are walking miracles. For example, uh, let's take our lungs. I want to invite you to take a deep breath with me. Did you know that if you stretched out your lungs, they would have the surface area of a tennis court? That's how big they are. And I know this because the internet told me. (laughs) And the internet never lies. Uh, Every day as we breathe, we breathe in just over 2,000 gallons of air, almost enough to fill up a normal-sized swimming pool. Now, 70% of waste that is eliminated in our body uh, is through our lungs, simply by breathing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, how about our hearts? Of course, we, we know how important our hearts are to our health, but how often do we think of the incredible work that it does? Uh, The human heart creates enough pressure to squirt blood 30 feet. That's really gross, I know. Uh, But it's necessary because it pumps blood through 60,000 miles of veins. And one day your blood travels 12,000 miles. It's miraculous. Uh, Maybe the most incredible body part is our eyes. Uh, These things are are insane. Our eyes are made themselves of two million smaller working parts. These intricate systems, they detect light that bounces off objects, and then the iris changes the size of the pupil depending on the brightness, and then these images flip upside down and they're converted to electric impulses that are sent to our brains. It's a miracle. These body parts that God created are miraculous. Each one is beautiful and unique. But but as amazing as they are, what good are they without the whole body? Lungs are great for giving clean oxygen, but that's a pointless endeavor without somewhere to bring the oxygen. A heart is just squirting blood if it doesn't bring it to another part of the body. The eyes, as brilliant as they are, they need the brain to work. See, significance comes in relation to the whole. Without the whole body, the individual body parts are incomplete. But what about you? If our eyes and lungs are miraculous, you are a miracle beyond miracles. Not only do you have a body and a brain, you have the ability to bond with other humans or create amazing work. You can laugh and love and give birth and cry and dance. But also you have a unique personality. Uh, No one has the same collection of passions and talents and perspectives and backgrounds that you have. You are miraculously one of a kind. Now, I never fully grasped this fact until I had multiple kids. Uh, Each of our three kids, within the first few months, they did everything differently. Uh, I mean, they all didn't sleep through the night. They had that in common. Uh, But one of our kids uh, loves being the center of attention, while another one hangs back and observes. 
One of our kids loves baseball. Another one reads multiple books a day. Uh, one kid seems to, uh, it seems like they're going to have just tons of friends, sort of life of the party. And the other seems content with one or two friends. Out of the womb, we each are miraculously unique. And we need to let this sink in today. You are the only you. You were made with intention and purpose. Uh, there are perspectives and passions and gifts and abilities that the rest of us don't have that you do. And this is good. This is beautiful. This is the, the design of God. And that's why we do things like spiritual gift tests or personality tests, uh, which by the way, if you've never done one of those, I encourage you to do it. Uh, this is why we need friends and mentors to help show us what we're uniquely good at. This is vital. This is important. But the problem is this. The world would tell us that life is only about this. It's only about us and our passions and our dreams and what we want and yearn for. But what good is it to only lift ourselves up? And this is what Paul is teaching the church. He says, yes, there are unique and beautiful parts made by God. But these parts aren't meant to lift themselves up. These parts are meant to come together and form something bigger and better. These individuals are meant to work together for a greater kingdom and mission that goes beyond our small dreams. So each part has the choice. We can lift ourselves up or we can lift the body. We can use our uniqueness and giftings uh, for what we want or we can use it for the greater whole. Significance comes in relation to the whole. Without the whole body, the individual parts are incomplete. Now, often in uh, churches, the narrative is, especially more modern churches and bigger churches like ours, uh, you see a great and amazing worship team. You see capable staff members and you see some volunteers who've been serving here since the 1800s. And you, <laughs> and you think to yourself, you think to yourself, this church, this church doesn't need me. They're doing fine without me. They're doing great. It's usually not a selfish choice. It's simply a decision that they're fine and dandy uh, without me. Uh, but I've been thinking about one of my favorite songs of all time. It's by you too. Uh, if you know it, you can sing it with me. I can't live with or without you. Oh, yeah, see, some of you guys should join the worship team. Um, I want to be very clear. Bono is a saint, but as a licensed spokesperson for Menlo Church, I want to be clear, we cannot live without you. Uh, we are not a complete body without you. We need your unique perspective. We need your unique contributions. We need your gifts and talents and passions. And I think this season that we've been in as a church uh, without a senior pastor could be one of our healthiest seasons we have. Because we can be reminded that the body, the church, is not made of one part. One person, the glorified leader who does it all. The church is us. We are the body. So 
For a moment, I want to get really practical here. I talked to our Menlo Park staff this past week and I said, what are some specific opportunities where we need parts of the body to step up? Uh, So here at our campus, I want to highlight some of these opportunities. If you're watching online or another campus, you'll have specific opportunities at your campus as well. Uh, So first, here's the first opportunity I want to highlight. Uh, We need some members of our body to serve the youngest members of Menlo. Uh, Specifically, infants through preschoolers need some adults to cuddle, teach, and play with them at our 1030 service. Um, We need some substitutes for our regular leaders and four additional regular leaders. Even if you can only commit to once a month, there's a spot for you. And as a father of a preschooler, I'll be personally offended if we don't have some people to volunteer. Just kidding. Uh, But I think this is something that we can do for the body. So I wanna challenge some of you uh, to step up and do that. Uh, The second opportunity is this. We need some male and female volunteers to serve as life group leaders for our middle school or high school students. Uh, Now, my wife led a group of teenage girls for five years And literally just last month, one of them came to visit us. And she is now a doctor living in San Diego. And uh, she kept telling us how old we've gotten since last time she saw us. It's really encouraging. Um, But she also talked about how influential my wife was to her life and how that group shaped her faith. I'm here to tell you, if you want to have a massive impact for the kingdom, student ministries is one of the best places to do it. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be trendy. You don't have to know what TikTok is. Uh, You just need to be a safe and consistent voice of kindness and care amidst a chaotic world. Now, the final opportunity I want to highlight is this. We have a need for musicians and singers to help the body worship our glorious God every Sunday. Uh, As a former worship leader, I'm a little biased here. Uh, But there are many gatherings and institutions and experiences in our world today, but there's only one gathering that meets every week as a body to sing from their hearts, lift up their voices and worship their creator. And some of you uh, have been crushing it on the local karaoke circuit, (laughs) but you've been holding back on us. It's time. We need you. Uh, So maybe uh, you're feeling a little nudge in your stomach right now. My job as a preacher is to tell you it's not the tacos that you ate last night. It might be the Holy Spirit nudging you to serve the body. Now let's continue uh, to hear what Paul says about this body. And I want to highlight too, at each of our campuses and here at uh, Info Central, we have this get in the game card. And so if you do feel led to step up to a volunteer opportunity, uh, you can fill this out. So Paul continues in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. And so now here's an interesting thought from Paul. Uh, When we talk about getting in the game or contributing to the body, 
It all sounds great in theory. Most of us are nodding our heads. We're saying, yes, this is good. But here's the problem about getting in the game. When beautiful eyes and waxy ears and dirty hands and stinky feet decide to all come together, it gets messy. It gets complicated. That's the truth about humans, right? Because of our beautifully unique backgrounds and perspectives and opinions, we're all different. In the world, what happens when these differences collide? Uh, We see it every day. uh, We see people judging the other. I'm better than them because of my perspective, my politics, my education, my race, my gender, my ideals. It just takes 30 seconds of perusing the news or Twitter to see the vitriol and anger. But thankfully, the church is different, right? In church, we lay down our egos and agendas for the greater mission and kingdom. There have never been church splits over the color of carpets or how to fundraise or what style of worship is better or what version of the Bible is most accurate, right? A little sarcasm there. Jesus once said that they will know you are my disciples by how you love one another. But often, often the body of Christ looks just as broken and fragmented as the world. See, if we're going to get in the game, it's going to be messy. We're going to rub up against people who look, think, and behave differently than us. And I need to make a confession this morning. I've been a part of the problem uh, for several sermons now, I've been making jokes about Dodgers fans. And uh, believe it or not, we have Dodgers fans in our actual congregation. We've got Dodgers fans on our church staff. And so I just want to repent. Uh, we need to embrace our differences, uh, even if it kills us. Um, so I'm sorry, Dodgers fans. See, we don't need 400 ears that look and work the same. We need some ears, but we need some feet. We need some elbows and Achilles and appendixes. Uh, Actually, no, no one knows why we have appendixes. We don't need those. We can take those out. Uh, My prayer, though, my hope for our body is that as we get in the game, we would embrace our differences. Instead of lifting up our own philosophies and perspectives and passions, we would lift up the body. And here's why this is so important. Here's why we have to get this right. One of the most common questions in our world today is where is God? Those Bible stories are great. I'm down with Jesus, but how about here and now? Where is God? Where is Jesus when the world is chaotic and scary? Where is God when it seems that everything is polarized and anger is the common language. Where's Jesus when anxiety and depression and loneliness are rampant? That's the question. This is what people are desperately searching for. And I'm gonna say something uh, right now that initially might sound like heresy, so stay with me. Um, Jesus is no longer here. Of course, his spirit is here. We believe he is alive and active spiritually, but on a physical level, Jesus's body is not here. So the question is, where is his body? Where is the body of Christ? 
Or another way of asking, who is the body of Christ? We are. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We, the church, are the physical representation of Jesus in this world. When people ask, where is Jesus? Where is God? If people are going to see the beautiful way of Jesus, it's going to come through us. The way we love and serve and embrace our differences, the way we lay ourselves down and lift up others for the sake of the world. Uh, Years ago, there was this independent documentary uh, called Darius Goes West. It's about a 15-year-old boy named uh, Darius who has muscular dystrophy. He's already lost his brother to MS, and uh, he's now in a wheelchair. But he has this, this group of friends that find out he's never left his town of Athens, Georgia in his entire life. So they decide to take him on a trip across the country. Now, throughout this trip, there, there are these beautiful moments where they, they take him to a five-star hotel uh, or, or they look at the stars in the desert. At one point, they lift him into a raft and they go whitewater rafting and they bring him to the Grand Canyon at one point. And he's moved to silence and tears from the beauty. And finally, they get to California in the Pacific Ocean and his friends roll the wheelchair down to the water and then they lift him up as the waves begin to wash over him. And as they lift him up, his feet touch the ground and he realizes this is the first time in years he is standing. And he proceeds to laugh uncontrollably. His body didn't work the way it was intended. But his friends stepped in to lift him up. And together we see a picture of a bigger body. These friends could have spent their summer like most teenagers, playing video games. But instead they laid themselves down so someone else could be lifted up. Many years ago, there's a group of disciples who had lost their master. And they came together from different backgrounds. Some were slaves, some were free, some were Jewish, some were Greeks. And they began laying down their possessions and agendas. They served each other and they fed the poor and they healed the sick. And each individual member came together to serve mission that their master had left them. Before you know it, this mission spread across the world because their master, Jesus, was active and alive. He had a new body, the body of Christ, the church. Now imagine if a group of disciples in the Bay Area laid down their agendas and preferences to lift each other up. Imagine if the world saw a group of Democrats and Republicans, poor folks and rich folks, volunteering and serving together for something bigger. This is the vision. This is the mission. This is the dream. But it requires laying ourselves down. It requires getting off the bench and into the game. Let's pray together. Jesus, I want to thank you for this opportunity to to speak to the body. 
the church. Looking around this room, I'm seeing faces that are just beautiful representations of what this concept means. I just want to thank you for all uh, those in this room who have just year after year laid themselves down to serve something bigger and greater. And now they leave a legacy as this church continues. I pray for, for the rest of us, all of us, uh, that we would just feel this conviction, not out of guilt or shame, but out of, out of motivation to serve because we want your mission of love to continue. The world needs it more than ever. So Jesus, would you work in us, work in the body? We wanna be your hands and feet. I pray that you would call us each, show us where we can serve, where we can volunteer, where we can get in the game for your sake. It's in Jesus' name we all pray, amen.